This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Guy Anderfors, co-founder at Wildheart Media. Guy, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Andy, and, uh, and thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, I don't know why I said I was always, because I think this is the first time I've interviewed you, but I'm talking <laughs> generically with my guests here. Um, I'm looking forward to today's conversation, because um, in the cause listeners, we always have a pre-chat before we have these um, conversations. And in the pre-chat with, uh, with Guy, uh, we were talking about um, kind of experts. And I've always been on, because people come to me sometimes and say, oh, you're the podcasting advert expert. And I bet they come to you as well, Guy, don't they? And, and say things like that. But the trouble is, when you know quite a bit about something it's actually sometimes a bit difficult to uh, explain it to other people absolutely which is why we've chosen the topic overcoming or understanding the curse of knowledge the curse of knowledge um, yeah. yeah especially in the yeah. area of internet marketing when you're trying to sort of convey that to people but before we get into the meat and potatoes i must stop of saying course. that because i say that every blimmin' episode uh, <laughs> tell us let's start off as usual tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got here yeah, sure. I, I'm. I was born in South Africa. It makes it sound like it's going to be a long story, isn't it? But <laughs> it all started uh, one dark stormy night. Born in South Africa. That's a long time ago. And I started my working career in advertising. My dad was a copywriter, and, and my mother was an art director. So I'm an ad man by family. And uh, moved to the UK in in '98 and worked as a freelance web designer for many years in London, moved down to Brighton, spent 11, 12 years in Brighton working as a web designer for some of that time, and then made the switch over to marketing, digital marketing, as it was called then. Yeah. Uh, the names change over the years, don't they? They do. This is uh, this really should be called the web marketing podcast, but it's called the internet marketing because way back in two thousand nine, uh, what was it, two thousand and six, uh, yeah. we still called it the internet. Well, I did anyway. <laughs> the web, the world yeah. wide web. Yeah. So yeah, the, I, I think the 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 move away from uh, web design for me, which was really uh, a sense of frustration that I had of designing websites, you know, that no one ever saw. And, uh, you know, that, that really became for me the, the, the burning issue of, of the 90s and, and I guess ever, ever more so. Increasingly, it's becoming harder and harder to differentiate yourself or stand out from everyone else who now has a website or an app or a SaaS business mm. or software as a service. Yeah, so that's how I ended up in, in marketing, digital marketing, as it was called back then. So as, a, as a, a freelance web designer, it became clear to me that, that no one was really going to see the websites that were being built and clients were spending a lot of money investing in them and, and web designers like myself were, were putting a lot of hard work into it and build it and they will come. Uh, it just doesn't work unless you're Kevin Costner building a, a, a baseball park in a field for a bunch of ghosts, uh, which is my field. Of that dream. always works. So, so really, I began to apply my mind to to thinking about how can businesses actually get good traffic, not just traffic, but qualified traffic, the right traffic to help them grow their businesses. Yeah, so that led me into into content marketing, digital marketing, and then content marketing after that. 
So I would imagine now that you are quite sought after as a as a fountain of knowledge, and that's kind of what we're going to speak about today. Because this this notion of having so much knowledge sort of embedded in you, like when you know something sort of forwards, backwards, sideways, inside out, and then, then someone asks you a fairly basic question. I don't know about you, guy, but I kind of go into oh, oh yes, um, yeah, oh, mm, yeah. Let's have a phone call about it later. <laughs> Absolutely. absolutely, Can you, I mean, what's your definition of this sort of curse of knowledge syndrome? So uh, to to do the hat tip to the appropriate people, the the phrase is one that that I learned off a Harvard linguist called Steven Pinker. And it comes from his book, The Sense of Style, The Thinking Person's Guide to the 21st Century. And just to define what the curse of knowledge is, he describes the curse of knowledge as the more you know your subject, the more of an expert you are, the harder it is for you to write about it in a simple way. Oh, God, so true. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so, still trying to write my book <laughs> after yeah. six years. Yeah, and, and many people are just trying to get a web page up, you know. It's, yeah. it's kind of or, or write an email or, or do a pitch or a proposal or, you know, speak to someone in a networking event. And, and we've all had that thing where, where their eyes begin to glaze over you know, five seconds into you trying to explain and you, and you can feel you're losing them. <laughs> you don't know what to do. So, and, and I think that the, the problem is particularly big if you're not in the room. You know, if, if you are trying, if you're running a business that, that really needs your website in order to generate leads and to, and to grow your business. So any online businesses where you're not in the room together, that's where the curse of knowledge becomes massive because mm. you might be getting traffic to your site but you you know no one's filling out the contact form or you know that you're not getting the conversions that you want and and that's why you know formats of content like video and audio podcasts are so popular because mm. they bridge that gap you you feel closer to someone you can see someone talking or you can hear their voice you go, oh, he's got a nice voice a face for radio maybe mm. so yeah <laughs> So that you know, that's in a, that's in a nutshell what, what the curse of knowledge is. And I, I recently gave a talk at WordCamp uh, Europe, which was held in Vienna in June, and that, that's like the biggest WordPress event in Europe with over two thousand people. Yeah, and um, they do this unconference thing, which is very democratic. You know, you you write down a topic, and then the the, the attendees of the conference vote on the topic. And, yes, and they voted on on my topic which was how to overcome the curse of knowledge and grow your business so i i wanted to add some context to why you would bother overcoming the curse of knowledge what would be the benefit of overcoming it because you're having a lot of knowledge on the curse of knowledge it must have been quite difficult in a meta way to get that across (laughs) absolutely absolutely and 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 what i had to do is i really had to use the the examples that i had from just meeting people in in networking events at uh, in vienna and you would have this conversation and i'm andy i'm sure you've done this yourself where someone asks you what you do and you say i'm a developer or yes uh, i don't know what to say and and they think, and you and you might even had the response back. What property development? And <laughs> then you know you you're sunk because you no, know, it's I, I I program computers. And, and then they think you're trying to be sort of cute and clever, don't they? Oh, oh what an idiot! You know, you know that guy. I asked him what he did, and he just went into this whole song and dance about. Well, I'm not quite sure what I do. And uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's tricky. So so I um, I use that example because. 
it's the classic example, and I think developers are particularly fall into this, where they don't talk about, or you don't talk about what problem you solve. You talk about what it is that you do, mm. and I think you know. I think when when someone asks you what you do in in the in the in the context of a networking event, really that's code for them asking you what problem of mine can you solve. Yes, I think that's really what they're asking. Yes. They're not really interested in what you do. They want to know if you can help them. Yeah. So that's a very good way of putting it, actually. Uh, well, it, it kind of helps me to to talk less about myself and how how I try and solve problems. So, yeah, which is really part of the curse of knowledge. <laughs> so, what can be done? I think the most common mistakes businesses make is that they focus on themselves, and, and this is particularly true on websites. Uh, you see their team, the, the people. You you see them talking about their technology. You often see photos of their building. It's like like anyone cares about what building you're working in, or or whether you were founded in 2002, or you know whether you have a company dog, or whether you drink coffee every day, or you know. And and re- and really online, people don't care about that. People, the only thing people care about is can you help them? Yeah. Well, the yeah. problem that they've got. So, just I guess I guess in terms of understanding the curse of knowledge and how easy it is to to fall into, and the websites are, are a big place where where that really happens. And then I, I, I guess in I've already given the example of of meeting people in in uh, in networking events. Yes, this is uh, another big slice of conversation we had before the, in the pre chat, wasn't it, about networking events? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing that I, that I think is useful, and 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 this this requires a, a bit of gumption. That's an old English word, isn't it? Gumption. Uh, which, which gumption? Gumption, which is to do the do the what uh, a guy called Donald Miller calls the grunt test. Donald Miller is a, a guy who runs a company called Story Brand in the U.S. and they do workshops, branding workshops. And he says, get your website in front of a stranger for five seconds. So my recommendation is on a train, when you know, when the, the leaves on the tracks, you've got a few minutes to talk to someone. Uh, or in a coffee shop, every, every, that's everyone's office these days. Go up to well, who, someone who seems like an approachable stranger and, and just you know, flash them your laptop for five seconds and, and then say to them, what does this company do? And don't say it's your company. Just go have a look at that. And then close your laptop and say, "Any idea what they do?" And if you see the sort of frowns in their, their, their you know, their foreheads creasing up as they as they try and think, you you know, you failed. So you know, I think that's a good, it's a good simple test to see to see whether you're suffering from from the curse of knowledge. Now, talking about practical tips, um, you mentioned the, the the grunt test. What about when you're sort of face to face with someone and they they've asked you to kind of um, help them with something specific that you know a lot about. Have you ever been in that situation and, and, and found it's you don't quite know where to start? What's the best thing to do? I, I often find that the, the problem that people come to you with or the problem that, that they start with is not actually the real root cause problem. So mm-hmm. it's something that, that's kind of bothering them that, you know, uh, questions like, how do I get to number one on Google? And, and then, you know, like my response back to that question is number one for what? Mm. What do you want to be number one for? Mm. And if you were number one, is your website ready to actually 
make use of those conversions? Can you conv- can you convert the traffic into into real leads and, and real business? So, so I, I think one of the things that a lot of companies have is a sort of perceived problem, and then and then the the sort of underlying issues there. That's a that's a very complicated answer to mm. <laughs> to a very simple question. So. Yeah, so you, you see how easy it is to to kind of yeah yeah because it's a really interesting area this whole area of of, of the curse of knowledge because it, it has sort of an impact when you're sort of face to face with someone but it also sort of has an impact on the way that you present yourself online doesn't it so i mean there's things like you know you hear people say like try and avoid industry jargon and, and acronyms and things like that so what are your thoughts on that a great question, Andy, and I, and I have two kind of takes on that. The, the first thing is that I think you need to think about your business in terms of layers, and there's a point of entry where you want to lead people in. So you want to resonate with their problem, identify with the issues that they face, and then present yourself as an industry expert secondary to that. I'm not, you know, I, you know, one of the things that, that you do have to position yourself as being an expert in your field, which means you have to use some of the, the industry jargon or the technical terms of your business. But I think that, that sits at a layer beneath the entry point where someone is trying to figure out, can you help me? Yeah, yeah. I don't need the detail of your, you know, your development implementation or all of your big fancy words. What problem? This is the problem I think I have. Can you help me with that problem? It looks like you can. And then, then, then what you want to do is get them to stay a little longer and dig a little deeper. And I think that's where the richness of the technical phrases and, yeah. you know, your process and, you know, how you do all of that stuff is really relevant because that really aids the, the, the buying decision and, and builds confidence. But it yeah. can put people off if it's at the top level. If you just have a, a bullet list of my SQL, H5, <laughs> uh, SAS, LESS, CSS. I mean, this is all, all web jumping, you know, um, which you may think was well, terribly imp- impressive that I know what LESS or SAS is or the difference between the two. But this is, this is probably someone who needs a website. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... It's interesting, actually, because I, I must stop using that phrase. It's interesting. I overuse of the word. It's interesting, actually. But um, there is an analogy. I often do this at these shows. I, I, I draw similarities in my world of software development to marketing. Right. And uh, to me, the similarity is sometimes when you're developing a project and you think, right, okay, I know, I know roughly what it should do. Uh, shoot, where do I start? And the quickest way you can overcome that is to define what the system is supposed to do in terms of tests. And mm. those, if you write the test first and then you write the code to make the tests pass, it's very similar to kind of being in a, in, in, in a business and thinking, how do I present myself both online and to people face-to-face? Well, rather than just drilling into what, what I do, it's almost as if the... Uh, the problems that you could solve are like the tests in software development. And once you get those nailed down and define those nicely, then that informs how you describe how you can help them, which therefore describes what you do. That's my Absolutely. analogy anyway. Absolutely. I think that's a great analogy. And, and, and really, from a, from a content marketing perspective, you need to have a goal for every campaign that you're running because otherwise you have nothing to measure against. You're just sort of blasting content out into the internet. 
You know, so you need to have some metrics that you measure to go, actually, we're moving in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. And content marketing is very iterative. It's not, it's not something that you just kind of do once and you think, oh, phew, brilliant. I wrote a blog post this year. We're off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, it's been absolutely a fascinating uh, subject to talk about. I could talk about it for hours. Um, let's uh, go into the last bit. Which, tell us a bit how people can find out more about you and contact you if they want to um, uh, get more knowledge from you, which I'm sure they can do very easily. Sure, sure. Uh, our website, of course, wildheartmedia.net. We publish a weekly content marketing blog every Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. And you can sign up to our email list on our website. And, of course, we love Twitter. So you can also find us. Our Twitter handle is wildheart underscore media. Just an interesting little side note here. Where did the name Wildheart come from? I just have these images because you mentioned South Africa. I have these images of sweeping plains with wildebeest. And uh, is that where it came from or was it something else? No, it, it actually came from a festival that was in Sussex a few years ago. <laughs> much, much, much closer to home. <laughs> yeah, very much a Sussex name. So, um, yeah, so my wife and I came up with the name. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Guy. And uh, thanks, as always, to our listeners. Uh, the show notes are in the usual place, site visibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you fancy leaving a review, that would be fab, because uh, especially if it's a good review, we can uh, hopefully grow the audience and uh, get to more people. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, um, I tend to be known as Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D, on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, if you can, just mention the podcast when you when you connect with me, then I'll I'll kind of know who you are. Otherwise, I might think you're a recruiter and ignore you. We're looking to answer some questions in future shows. So do send emails to podcast at sitevisibility.com if you've got questions or comments. And we have a magic telephone line, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. Uh, where you'll hear my dulcet tones telling you to leave a message and then that should uh, email itself to us. So it's all from me, Andy. It's all from Guy. Thank you very much uh, for having me, Andy, and thanks to the listeners for for making it to the end of the show. (laughs) And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Take care. Bye. 